You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 118. And today we're going to talk about one of the often neglected aspects of leadership. In fact, most people, I would dare say, would not even consider this as something that would be a part of leadership talks. But really, it's the first place and one of the most important places that we as people exert our influence, and that's in how we raise our children. And uh, today, we're, we're the, the, the topic we're talking about is who is influencing your children? I mean, think about it. You know, you can be the best CEO, you can be the best senior pastor, you can be the best manager, the best supervisor, but if you don't lead your family, if you don't lead your children, what have you accomplished? And I think that, you know, if we can lead our families well, that translates into every area of our lives. And there's a verse in the Bible that says this, teach them to your children, talk about them when you're at home and when you're away on a journey, when you're lying down and when you're getting up again. And what it's talking about there, when it says teach them to your children, it's talking about God's words and God's laws. And, um, you know, what we find is, as parents, we have an incredible opportunity to influence our children and to lead them into being the kind of people that we want them to be. Um, there's a study out of Duke University, and I'll, I'll put a link to it in the show notes, and it just reemphasizes how important the role of the parent is, especially when the children are young, and in, in, in influencing them for the rest of their lives. You know, we think, oh, well, the teachers can do it. Oh, the Sunday school teachers can do it. Oh, the children's workers at church can do it. The daycare workers can do it. But really, we can't abdicate our responsibility. Um, studies have shown over and over again that the parents are the primary influencers um, until that child gets into elementary school. And then they've got a whole different set of influencers. And that's why it's so important that the parents lay down a good foundation um, after the child gets into school, it's the teachers and the peers that are that are going to have a, a large role of influencing those children. But the parents can still be major influencers and major leaders for those children, but they've got to work hard at it. And, you know, we know leadership is hard work. And when we talk about leading in our homes, it's hard work. I think sometimes as parents, we... We have this misconception that, you know, if my kids just behave and if they just do good in school and if they're just good kids or well-behaved kids, and you know, then, then, then I'm doing okay. But I want to give you four, um, four thoughts that I think will really help you as you consider leadership 
in the context of your home. Like we said, often we think that you know our goal is to raise good kids or well-behaved kids or kids that do well in school, but I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. I'm going to give you four thoughts that uh, maybe cha- might challenge a little bit about um, what you see as, as your leadership role in your home. First of all, if you're a Christian, your primary job should be to lead your children into a relationship with Jesus. That's what becoming a Christian is. And this is not something that just happens on its own. You can't just expect that if you take your children to church, although that's very good and very important, you can't just expect that's going to be enough. Because, as we so well know, if you're a parent, your children are watching you very, very closely. And they're not watching so much what you say, they're watching what you do. If mom and dad love going to church, it's much more likely that their children will as well. But if on the way from her church, they hear mom and dad criticizing the pastor and criticizing the music and criticizing this and criticizing that, well, that's planting seeds in those children's hearts that um, they're not going to enjoy church, as, church either. They're going to become critical as well. Uh, if our kids see us reading their Bibles and praying, it's much more likely that they will adopt those habits also. More than being in church and more than reading our Bibles, however, it's whether or not mom and dad are walking in love because we know when real love fills our homes, it has incredible power to mold our children. When, when accepting love is, is, it fills every, every part of our home, then our children are going to be molded excuse me, by that love instead of by criticism or judgment or um, you know, unrealistic expectations. So number one, lead our children into a vibrant relationship with Jesus. Number two, and this kind of goes along with that, raise them in church. And this isn't just going to church. This is being the church. This is being connected with like-minded people. You know, as we know, as our children get older, their peers can help lead them in directions that we don't necessarily want them to go in. And there's something powerful. Listen, nobody, everybody in church is not perfect. We're not asking for perfection. But people that are like-minded, going in the same direction, people that are involved in our lives, and we know the parents, and we know the kids, and we know that they have similar values, how awesome is that to see children raised in that atmosphere? Um, I'm very fortunate because we've, we've actually been in our church now for almost 20 years, and we've seen children grow up in that atmosphere, meet their mates there, stay in church after they get married, start a family, and continue to prosper and do well. And you know, how awesome is that? You know, instead of finding their their spouse in a bar or a fraternity house, they're finding their spouse in church. So raise your kids in church around like-minded people. I still have two more thoughts I want to share with you, but first I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, New Testament Snapshots. New Testament Snapshots is a close um, look at 12 of the people in the New Testament that you don't hear that much about. They're kind of hiding in the background of those pictures. You might just get a, a glimpse of them sometimes. There's not that much material there, but actually what you'll find is if you're willing to dig a little bit, There's enough material to give us a nice picture 
of some of these wonderful people. So check out New Testament Snapshots. It's a great way to kind of jumpstart your own Bible study, and it's also perfect for uh, a small group study. I mean, if you took one of these chapters and went through it each week, you've got a 12-week study right there. And um, so anyway, I would recommend it. Take a look at it. You can go on Amazon and read a little bit for free. Check it out, New Testament Snapshots. There'll be a link in the show notes, and I know that you will love it. Well, we're back. And what we've mentioned so far, we're talking about leading in our home and asking the question, who's influencing our children? We mentioned the importance of leading our children into a relationship with Christ, raising them in church around like-minded people. Number three, teach your children self-control. You know, it's nice to teach our children to be sweet. It's nice to teach our children to be nice. But if you teach your children self-control, it just seems like everything else falls into place. How many times have you been in the grocery store in Walmart and you've seen that child throw the tantrum because they don't get the candy bar at the checkout line and invariably mom or dad caves in and gives it to them and loses the fight? And I'm not condemning anybody. We've all been there. But there is such a power in teaching our children self-control from a young age. Because self-control is one of those characteristics, it's one of those qualities that's going to set them up for success in life. You know, if we don't teach them self-discipline when they're young, their boss isn't going to have grace for them when they keep showing up for work late. You know, when they get to university and, and, and their grades are not bad, they can't just, you know, think that everything's going to be okay and mom and dad are going to bail them out. Teach them self-control when they're young, and they will thank you for it when they're old. I promise you. And then number four, even as their children, help them become responsible adults. Let them enjoy their childhood. I'm not saying anything weird, but what I'm saying is our end goal is not to have good kids. It's to raise responsible adults. So we've got that end goal in mind. So even at a young age, we're teaching them, as we said, self-control. We're teaching them manners. We're teaching them how to talk to adults. We're teaching them how to look at adults in the eye and have a conversation with them. I mean, in this age of, of uh, media madness where everybody's staring at their phone all the time, if you can raise your children and teach them the importance of looking people in the eye and having conversations with adults, you're setting them up for success later. Because let's face it, if two people come in for a job and one of them has never been taught how to engage and how to talk to adults and they're staring at the floor because they're nervous, but the other one um, is, is able to look that manager in the eye and have a conversation with them, who do you think is going to get the job? And this involves, and, and part, of, part of this is we're talking about um, being intentional as we raise our children, it has to do with discipline. And, you know, when we think of discipline, we think of, you know, beating our kids. We're not talking about that. The word discipline means to disciple. It means to train. And, yes, during their formative years, there are times when they may need a little pain on the bottom or take a privilege away or put them in timeout or whatever you choose to do. But by molding their will... And training them during their formative years, you're setting them up for the success. You're leading them to be the kind of people that are going to succeed in life. When you don't discipline, when you let them have their way, when they win every argument, when you let them have their way when they throw a tantrum, 
What you're doing is you're not loving them. You're setting them up for failure. When I was a police officer, I saw over and over again, 15, 16, 17-year-olds, that the parents would have to call the police because the kids were out of control. And when you start asking some questions, you find out that the reason the kids are out of control is because mom and dad had never disciplined them. They had never said no. And now they run up against somebody in a uniform who says no, and when they throw a tantrum with us, we put them in handcuffs and take them to jail. So, are we intentional about how we're leading our children? Are we intentional about how we're training our children? You know, when you have employees, you train them, you spend time with them, you pour into them. Well, how much more important are our children to lead, to train? Not as a project, but as your most important uh, possession, the most important thing God's entrusted you with. Are we training? Are we leading them? Are we training them to be good? Or are we training them to be responsible adults that can have an impact on their world and be successful in life? Well, now it's your turn. I'd love to hear from you. What are your thoughts on leading in your leading in your home, leading your your children, training your children? Um, did I miss anything? Let me just recap the four things that I shared with you. First of all, we want to lead our children into a relationship with Christ. Number two, we want to raise them in church around like-minded people. Number three, we want to teach them self-control. Delayed gratification is part of life. And then number four, train them and help them to become responsible adults. Did I miss anything? I'd love to know if I did. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love your thoughts. Go to davidspell.com. Leave your question or your comment in the comment section for today's post. I'd love to interact with you. While you're there, make sure you subscribe to get my newsletter. I send out three blog posts a week. And by subscribing, you'll make sure they slide right into your inbox and you'll never miss a single issue. Well, friends, thanks for being with me. I hope this was helpful to you. And until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to pursue your passion. Thank you.